this message is for someone in here who has been feeling out of place. That's, that's kind of the message I'm going to preach about tonight. Um, when all this stuff, you know, all this stuff we're praying for and all these people that we've been hearing going through a lot of stuff, even with, with Pablo's mom and, and, and Mr. Corey, there's a lot of, there's a lot of heavy burdens and it can make you feel kind of out of place. But I want to read this to you from Genesis 26, verse 1. This is where I'm going to start out at. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If you have your iPhones, do that too. Most of my students probably have iPhones, so y'all better turn it. I'm watching y'all. They're right here on the corner, so I'm going to keep my eye on them. But Genesis 26, verse 1 says this. Now, there was a famine in the land besides the previous famine in Abraham's time. And Isaac went to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, and Gerar. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. Stay in this land for a while, and I will be with you, and I will bless you. For you and your descendants I will give these lands, and I will confirm the oath I swore to your father Abraham. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and will give them all these lands. And through your offspring, all nations on the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed me and did everything I required of him, keeping my commands and my decrees and my instructions. So Isaac stayed in Gerar. So the title of this message, the first time I did it, because this message had been around for a while for me personally, and I called it the process of the promise. You know how God's promises, we love them but we have a hard time explaining the processes of his promises. But tonight, this message is going to take a little bit of a different dynamic, a different perspective. And I want to talk about, I feel out of place. That's the title. I feel out of place. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this word. I thank you for your spirit. Father, I ask that you use me. Lord, use me as your mouthpiece to speak to your people, to the people in here who are feeling out of place and feeling like nothing seems to be going right. Lord, comfort them in this moment as I preach this truth to them. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Have you ever felt out of place? That's the one question. Have you ever felt out of place? I personally, when when it comes to hanging out with friends or, or being with other people, I naturally feel out of place. And it's not their fault. It's never their fault. Naturally, my, my insecurity is I always feel out of place. I'm very quiet at first. If, if anyone knows me in here, when, when there's a party or some type of event that I go to, I'm always quiet at first. And it, get, it gives me time to actually just, you know, get comfortable. To get comfortable in a, in a, in a setting where I'm not used to. Because naturally, I can rock both introvert and extrovert. So I naturally don't. I'm just not, I'm just not like that. I'm just, I feel out of place. And it's funny because me and Sarah, who is my uh, girlfriend, (laughs) um, me and her, when we would usually hang out with my side of the friends, she would, you know, kind of feel out of place. She doesn't know anyone. And then same thing with her friends at school. I just, it's naturally, we feel out of place. But for me, for sure, even with the closest people in my life, I naturally just feel out of, out of place. And it's just a little, you know, a little tidbit about me. I'm being a little vulnerable here, but but, but I naturally just feel out of place. I think some of us can relate to Isaac in the fact that Isaac felt out of place. And I think it was because he saw the famine in Gerar, but he said, but God told him that he was going to be with him. And I think sometimes we feel out of place. And maybe it's not just where you are. Maybe it's 
the situation you're in, whether you feel like this could be for high school and, and adults, where you feel, you feel out of place at your work, you feel out of place in, in your school, you feel out of place in your marriage, you feel out of place in relationships, you feel out of place in church. And a lot of us experience feeling out of place in one shape or another. And it can be very, and it can be very, what's the word? Very disorienting. And even right now, some of us just feel out of place, not just by our relationships or anything, but by a, by a situation. There could be, there could be a situation in your life that you don't understand, you can't comprehend, or you can't fathom. You feel out of place. But I want to show this to you, the danger of feeling out of place, because you have every right to feel out of place. I mean, there's always going to be situations in your life where, where it's, you don't really seem out of place, but you feel that way. You know what I mean? You don't feel, you don't seem out of place, but it feels that way, especially with the situation that you're in. And I want to encourage you in here. You're not actually out of place. You're not actually even though you feel that way, you're not, you're not for real out of that place. Because I want to help you understand this. You're not out of place. You're in process. You're not out of place. You're in process. What does that mean? Like I said, the last thing I was going to call this message was the process of the promise. And I was going to talk about how God's promises sometimes are a process, but we don't understand that. We just want God's promises to work. Because how many of us believe God's promises are true? Raise your hand. Raise both hands up. Who's, where's my faith people in here? Come on. We believe God's promises are true, but sometimes it's hard to see them when it hasn't happened yet. And, oh, I got one amen. <laughs> because, because, because sometimes, and that's the thing, it's how you react to when there's a process through God's promises, but, but the process is what you're actually going through. You're not actually out of place. But there are three things that happen when you feel out of place in the process of what God promised. Because God promised, let me go back to verse 2. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. Stay in the land for a while, and I will be with you and will bless you. So he naturally thought, okay, there's a, there's a famine. Because this is very significant because after this, we hear about Jacob and Esau and the rest of the scriptures in Genesis, mostly throughout after verse uh, after chapter 27. But chapter 26 is specifically about where Isaac is in his life right now with his wife, and didn't really it didn't really record anything about Jacob and Esau. But you could you could probably see that both of the both of the the whole family was there, and so and so he's in this moment having to walk through a process, even though he feels out of place. And that's what some of us are going through. We're going through a process of something, whatever situation you're in, and you feel out of place. I want to show this to you what happens when you let the feeling of feeling out of place corrupt you. The first thing that happens when you feel out of place is you feel like compromising the process. You feel like compromising in the process. Isaac was so worried and focused about the famine that he forgot God's promises, or forgot God's promise, which God's promise was what Abraham was told, that he would be a father of many nations. But because Isaac was so worried about the situation, he forgot what God spoke. He forgot what God already had spoken to his, to his father Abraham. And because he did that and he didn't pay attention, 
because he let the situation, because we do that. We let the situation hinder what God has spoken into our life. And that's where the remembrance, and I love how the Lord does this. He reminds Isaac. Not, he doesn't just remind Isaac of the promise. He gives him a, a promise. And that's what Pastor Brandon just said. Remember when he, in Scripture where it says, I will never leave you nor forsake you? It's the same thing the Lord told Isaac in this moment, that I will be with you and I will bless you. But your natural tendency as a human being, as a flesh person, because none of us are perfect, we end up looking at the situation and forgetting what God had already spoken. And when that happens, you're now turning into pretty much in a way compromising his promises because you're too afraid of what's going to happen. Now, this could be, like I said, in any situation that you have. This could be in, like I said, relationships. This can be in your marriage. This could be in any scenario you have. This can happen. And I want to encourage you that even though you feel out of place, don't compromise. Don't compromise what God had already spoken to you. Because once you keep that in your heart and you keep that written on your heart, then you'll be able to bypass the situations in your life and continue the process. So I encourage everyone in here, don't compromise because Isaac almost did. And that's the funny thing, though. Isaac never said he was going to go back to Egypt. That was never recorded. If I read this to you again, he never said anything about going back to Egypt. All it says in verse 1, let's go back to verse 1. Now, there was a famine in the land besides the previous famine in Abraham's time. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. And the Lord appeared to Isaac and said, do not go back to Egypt. Isaac never said anything about it. Why? Because the Lord knows exactly where you are, what you're thinking, and he knows what you're going through. So when we start to understand that God already knows what's going on, Sometimes he's just going to tell, because sometimes we won't, listen, when we want to compromise, we don't talk to God. We don't talk to God. We would rather compromise, walk away, and withdraw from a situation rather than go to God and confront him. Because this situation that you're in is so unique to you, because you've never been through it before. I mean, you can have people all around you that comfort you, and that's a good thing, but you've never been through this situation in your life. And Isaac was about to leave. He never told God anything. And like I said, we don't consult God when things are going south. And we need to consult God more in everything in our life. Every decision we make, every, every thought that comes into our mind, we have to consult it with God because if it's not consulted with him, then our mind and our decision will run rampant. And we'll never be able to discern certain things in our season because we're not consulting with God. So, so compromising leads to the destruction of decisions and it also leads to overthinking because that's what was going on. So you have to stop by going what you see and start by, and start, let me rephrase that. I don't want to mess this up. Stop going by what you see and start going by what I have said to you, says the Lord. He spoke that to me because, because we always think the situation contradicts what God says. No, 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 no. What God says always contradicts what we see. It always does. And the reason why it doesn't make sense is like, well, well, the situation looks different than what he's spoken. Nothing's happened yet. People, you know how people say fake it till you make it? That's been a phrase for like ever. Well, I heard another minister say, you got to faith it till you believe it. Because if we don't believe that God's promises are true, we'll never see it happen because God's not based on certainty. 
God is based on building your faith in places where you're most uncertain. So you need to learn sometimes that God doesn't give the full blueprint of what you're doing or what's going on. You need to realize that in those seasons, God is going to give you exactly what you need at the exact right time. Even though it seems like you should have more or less, God is saying, I'm giving you what you need in this season of your life. So you have to trust and obey when God says to stay where you're at, even when you doubt the area you're in. The area can seem fearful and worry starts to enter your heart. Like, God, this doesn't seem like the promise you have told me, and it doesn't look right. Why does your promise look like this? Why is your process so difficult? Why do I feel so out of place? And so we start dwelling on the hardships rather on his promises. And the hardships, and that's where our faith is being grown, is when we start to realize that what are we going to focus on more? Our situation or what he said? What are we really going to focus on? This is what God is training some of us in this season of our life because we're struggling. You're struggling. You feel so out of place that you don't know what to do next. You have no other decision. So we decide to compromise. And compromising is an unhealthy way of escaping the situation. But escaping the situation health-wise, healthy-wise, is consulting with God. It's consulting with your Father in heaven who knows what you're going through and knows exactly what you're thinking. Just like he told Isaac, don't go back to Egypt because that's not the place where I called you. And here's the deal. It's his calling. It wasn't just something that God just told him out of the blue. It was his calling to be where he was. So if your calling is active, you can't compromise. You have to learn to push through with the Lord. And you can't do it on your own either. Remember that. Because sometimes we think we can just walk through it with easy steps and just say the Lord's with us. Well, if you say the Lord's with you, you have to let me know that you can't do anything without God. So we love saying God is with me, but we never go to him in times of trouble. Maybe no one else knows that, but maybe you know that behind you. Ooh, that was a good one. You know behind you what you're going through that nobody else knows. But then you're afraid of showing who you really are, so you say God is with me. And that's a dangerous place to be, y'all, because there's no help when you do that. You're stuck in yourself. And Isaac is about to compromise. He didn't consult God. He didn't tell God anything. But God said, don't go back to Egypt. Don't go back where I didn't tell you to go. Stay where I've called you to stay. Because where it's the most difficult, God shows the most glory. God gets glory more in the difficult situations than the good ones. So when you see God working through people who are going through difficult times, that's when God has more of his evidence within those hard seasons. There's a book by John Bevere that I'm about to go through with a group class. It's called Good or God. And it talks about how would I rather have a good life or a holy life? There's a difference between having a good life. Everything's paid for. You have a great family and all this stuff. But is it a holy life? Is it a life that lives unto the Lord rather than just have everything you have? Because if you have everything, you wouldn't need God. So once we start to realize that we need God, rather than just thinking we need a good life, then there's a more of a fulfilling in our life. But like I said, compromising comes from feeling it. God reminded Isaac that if you're obedient in my promises to you, you will be blessed. Sometimes we like to rush the promise when God wants us to listen and obey. 
him in our process of the promise he has for us. Point number two that makes us, you know, when we feel out of place, point number two is the difficulty in the process. Well, nobody likes this point. This is, this is, this is a point that nobody, nobody likes difficulty. It's the most annoying thing in the world because, because it causes growth. But at the same time, it's tough. And that's why we need God. But, but the difficulty in the, in the process of what Isaac was going through, I'm going to read this to you in verse, verse seven, right after he said Isaac stayed in Gerar. When the men of that place asked him about his wife, he said, she is my sister because he was afraid to say she is my wife, he thought. The men of this place might have killed me on an account of Rebecca because she is beautiful. So Isaac, God just told him, hey, I'm going to be with you and I'm going to bless you. Just told him that. So he stayed in Gerar. Next thing you know, the dudes are asking, hey, is that your wife? Right when, it's funny, right when God says he'll be with you, difficulty is like right there. It's the weirdest thing. This happened in my life. That's why I relate to it so much. Because some people will say, man, I, I didn't trust God in that moment. And they'll be real with themselves. And then someone say, oh, I, I, I would have done so much better. I would have done so. I would have trusted God with all my heart. But if you're in Isaac's shoes, because Isaac's seen it, because Abraham went through the same thing. If you go back a few chapters, Abraham went through the same thing. But Isaac has never been through it himself. It's unique. Feeling out of place, it's unique for somebody in this room. And Isaac was going through a moment where God just told me that he was with me. And now I'm in a difficult situation. What do I do? Because because if we can be honest with ourselves, sometimes we don't automatically trust God. Sometimes we lie. And that's what Isaac just did. He just lied to the men without trusting God. Now it's like, okay, it's overkill because, I mean, he's trying to protect his wife. But I think in that situation, God was teaching him to trust. Trusting God is crucial, but it's even harder and more crucial when we don't know what's going on, when we don't know what's happening. And Isaac knew exactly what was happening, but he didn't know if God would come in clutch in that moment. And some of us deal with that, and that's no shame. That doesn't mean you don't have great faith. It's just in the moment when there's a difficulty, it's just, it's nerve-wracking. Because you already feel out of place, this makes it ten times worse. The difficulty makes it ten times worse. But God was teaching Isaac something in this moment. He was teaching him trust. We need to learn not just to trust God, but to give God full authority over our decisions. Because it might not be, it might, you might not run into someone who's like, is that your wife? Can we kill you and take her? That's not going to actually happen. I mean, if it does, we'll, we'll like, we'll pray for you. But it, I hope that doesn't happen. But, but it could be any situation in your, in your life right now. I'm in debt. I am, I suck at my grades right now. This is really difficult. Little stuff in our life that we're going through, that's when it's hard to trust God. But what has helped me in my season of difficulty is remembering. When you remember what God had already done before and know that he'll do it again, that'll give you a greater confidence to make a better decision. Because Isaac, this was the first time Isaac was really seeing difficulty. He saw it in his dad, but if he would have remembered what his dad went through, 
then he would have known that God was already going to come in for his life. But because he was so blocked by the difficulty, like I said, situation, he withdrawed and he lied because he didn't remember what God had already done. It's like when I say remember what God spoke over you, what God said about you. It's the same thing with remembering what he's already done in your life. It's already remembering what he's done in your life. You have to remember the promise. Keep his promise close to your heart, even through the difficulty. And don't even look at it. Don't focus on the difficulty. Focus on what God has already done and what he's going to do. Now, it's easier said than done. Because every situation, every season you go in your life is unique. It's very unique. Somebody might have gone through it, but it's the first time for you. And so we need to learn to be gracious with people who are going through difficult times. It's like, oh, no, they can do this, and they should have done that. Put yourself in their shoes. We don't think straight when it comes to that. We don't think straight when it comes to the difficult parts in our life. But that's why we need God. I keep saying it over and over, like, I need God is a type of mindset I have right now because it, without God, I can't make it through. Situations in my life, I can't make it through. So when difficulty hits you, you need to learn to remember. You need to learn to remember. That's the only thing that's going to help you get through the season of your life right now is focusing on what God has spoken. Look to your neighbor and say, focus. Look to the other neighbor. Y'all weren't loud enough. Say focus. Focus. This is about God's promises. This is about, you know, trials and situations. But this is, this message I truly believe is about focus. One minister said that you can't control every situation. You can't control people. But what you can do is control your focus and your thoughts. You can control those two things. Seek the kingdom of heaven. The word seek means focus. Seeking the kingdom and everything else will be added unto you. That's focusing on the kingdom of heaven and your thoughts. You can control every thought that comes to your mind. And is it true? I believe Isaac thought that God wasn't going to come in to save him. I truly believe that because he didn't take every thought captive because it was an overthinking thought because he believed that the same thing that happened to Abraham was going to happen to him again, that they were going to take his wife or whatever. And he didn't consult with his thoughts and he didn't give God his thoughts. And this is where we have to learn to focus and take control of what we think. We, we let our mind run rampant sometimes because our mind is one of the biggest points of our, of the, whatchamacallit, the human body. It's like this, I have a love-hate relationship with my brain. I don't know if you do too, but I do. Because at the same time, I have awesome thoughts. And sometimes I'm just like, where did this thought come from? Like out of nowhere. Because, because your brain is the alleyway for God to speak to you and for the devil to lie to you. It's two outlets. But here's the funny thing, and y'all might not like this. It's the devil trying to lie, God trying to encourage you, and then you make the decision on what you have to think about. Sometimes you just think. Sometimes it's not the devil. Sometimes it's not the Lord doing something. Maybe it's just you in a moment. Now, God always brings the encouragement. Sometimes it's for some people, they can easily encourage themselves. Well, I bless you for that. But for me, I need God to encourage me because sometimes life can be tough. So I need God's encouragement. And that's where, that's where faith is built for me is when I start to let God guide my thoughts. 
What does the Bible say about guiding thoughts? You gotta guide and let God govern your mind. You know your mind needs to be guided. Your mind needs to be guided in all kinds of places. Cause listen, even Jesus said to the Pharisees, he said, they confess with my mouth, but their hearts were far from me. And what that shows me is that I can speak all this stuff with my mouth in public. I can speak this stuff in public, but I could be so distant from God and feel so isolated within me because not everything is on the outside. Some things are on the inside. And so when I start to realize that, that Isaac was internally battling with a decision about lying or telling the truth, I want to show you something in my third and final point is blessings in the process. We love this point, right? Y'all give a hand clap of God's blessings. Yes. Yes, Lord, give me blessings. So, so now he's disobeyed and didn't trust God. Okay, that, that happens to the best of us. But I want to show you this. God gave him a second chance. Aren't y'all great that, aren't y'all grateful that God gives second chances? Third chances, fourth chances, fifth chances. Now, it doesn't mean it's just, it's just we can continue to live in what we live and then I see God's grace run through. Paul says, should we keep on sinning so that grace may abound? That means no. He said, no, it shouldn't abound. But if you are willing to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, he's able to cover you and able to give you a second chance. And that's the beauty of where Isaac's at. And he's probably still feeling out of place after lying, but I want to show this to you in verse 8. When Isaac had been there for a long time, Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, looked down from a window and saw Isaac caressing his wife, Rebecca. He got caught. So Abimelech summoned Isaac and said, is she really your wife? Why did she say she is my sister? Isaac answered him, because I thought I might lose my wife on account of her. And then Abimelech said, what is this that you have done? One of the men might have slept with your wife and and you would have brought guilt Upon us. So Abimelech gave orders to all the people, anyone who harms this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. He, here's the beautiful part about what God just did. He didn't trust, yet God still did something in it. And that sounds, it sounds crazy because it's like, well, I mean, we gotta be obedient, and that's true. But in moments where you don't, in moments where you have, where you're like, God, just give me another chance to obey. God's going to give a second chance. And that's what happened with Isaac. He lied, got caught red-handed, caressing his wife. Then, now he got caught with Abimelech. And the greatest thing about it is that nothing that Isaac probably thought about didn't even happen. It didn't even happen. Remember what I just said in, in, in point number two, guiding your mind? Your mind can be so engulfed in lies and doubt that what you think is going to happen probably won't even happen. It probably won't even happen. But we think and we think and we think and we think and we think. And we ponder on thoughts that aren't even true and they don't even happen to begin with. That's where it comes letting God govern your mind. Because I'm guilty of this. I'm an overthinker. Anything that comes to my mind. I... I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be real on this stage because I have, I have things in my life that I had to heal from, from, from authority. So, so it's funny. Every time, every time Pastor Brandon wanted to meet with me about, um, 
like something about an event or whatever, what, this is what goes through my mind. Did I do something wrong? Am I going to get fired? I, I told him that one time. I told him, am I going to get fired? Because, because it was an overthinking thought. Nothing was going to happen. But because I believed the lie and I was so engulfed in my thoughts, I thought I was going to get fired, but he was just asking what I was doing Wednesday. He was just asking what I was doing. Or even like, like talking about a wild game. Every, every phone call I was like, oh, is it something happened? No, I was just, just checking up on you. Because it didn't happen. Because it didn't happen. We are so glued to overthinking thoughts that Isaac could have just obeyed God, but rather giving into his thoughts, nothing didn't even happen in the first place. But, but I want you to understand that if you let go of what you're thinking and give it to God, their obedience is a lot easier. But that's the funny thing, though. It's easier to obey God than it is to disobey. I've learned that. Even I think Jonah learned that. You remember in Jonah? When he went, he was going to go to a different, it was actually miles farther than where he was to go in Nineveh because it's easier to obey God than to disobey. Now, disobey is an easier decision, but it's a harder consequence. And obedience is a, seems like a harder decision, but really it's an easier, easier outcome because that's what obedience is all about with the Lord. We have to obey where he's called us to be. I want to talk about the word persistence. Persistence is a firm and obstinate continuance in a course of action in spite of the difficulty or opposition. When we go through things like this, we have to learn to be persistent with God. Because as we continue to walk in the season that we're in, I have to learn to rely. That's like I said, I, we, we always say that all the time. Rely on God, rely on God, rely on God. But sometimes we don't jump to that point. Maybe you might, who knows, maybe you might forget a few of my points when you leave. I don't know. People are different. But, but what I want to leave with you tonight is the word persistence. Somebody needs to let you know that you're not out of place. You feel that way, but you're not out of place. You're in the right spot where God has put you. Even though it seems like, why would he put me here? Why would he put me at this job? Why would he put me in this situation? Why do people have to leave? Sometimes I don't know why God's methods are like that. But what I do know from my own life and my own seasons is that it has created growth in my life to be more reliant on him. And it's tough. Because for some people, when people hear that, it's like, man, I don't want to follow this Jesus dude. There's some hard seasons. Dude, even people that are lost have hard seasons, but we are not going in it by ourselves anymore. We don't go through that by ourselves. People that are lost go through hard seasons, but for us it's different because we have someone in our ring. We have someone in our ring. And he's the ultimate champion, but we have to learn to involve him. We have to learn to involve him. God is always with me. Well, if you don't, if it doesn't seem that way, remind and tell God to involve, involve God in everything in your life. Involve Him in your decisions. Even ministry-wise, even for us as staff, I involve everything. I, I, I let God revolve, revolve, involve God in everything in, in my situation, everything in my decisions, because without Him, things, if I pick myself, it won't be the right thing. 
especially when it comes to doors opening and doors closing in your life. That has to be God doing that. Because if we let us or other people open our door for us, it might not be the right door. It might not be the right door. But I want to read this to you about the persistence part in verse where is it? 12. Isaac planted crops in that land, and the same year he reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. The man became rich, and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. He had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. Y'all. What's funny, though, is that I've said this before. I said this because I was in Miss Clara's class preaching this one time. And I told them this, and, and I feel like someone needs to know this in here. Be careful who you tell your blessings to. The only reason why I say that is because it's a gift from God. Blessings are a gift from God. And if you tell the wrong person, they're going to let you feel defeated in your blessing. They're going to make you feel defeated. God did this in my life. Well, you didn't do that for me. You didn't do that for me. That's not the right person to go to. You have to have people in your life that are going to encourage you in the blessing that God has for you. Because if we decide to, if we decide to, like I said, and, 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 Someone taught me this. How many days do you have in your life? How many people do you let in your circle about the blessings? Because, because here's the, th- here's the cool thing though. Isaac's blessing was so good from God that even people who saw it envied him. Because if you're obedient, it's gonna come. You just have to believe for it to, to, to work through because let me tell you something. When that happens, people are shocked. Every, it's like, it's funny. It's like every time someone becomes a pastor, people are shocked. It's ultimately because, because you would just never realize. You never understand. When I, when I was called at 15, I didn't really tell a lot of people. I was very, very nervous to tell people. Because something in me, I didn't realize at the time, but I realized what it was because I didn't tell a lot of people. God was giving me the self-control to not say anything because he wanted it to come out when nobody else knew. Because God likes doing things in private. Because, because God doesn't, God, look, God is sovereign. He wants to show off his glory, but he's not an egotistic person to show off whatever and be prideful. He, sometimes he does stuff in private. And then when it comes to fruition, people are like, where did you come from? They're like, where did you, how did you get this position? It's all God. You know, some of your successes only come from God sometimes. Yes, you have some type of skill, some type of thing to make it who you are, but sometimes God gives you the gift. And that's a great blessing. And that's the thing that Isaac was going through because he obeyed God, because he trusted what God was doing afterwards, because God gave him a second chance, gave him a hundredfold in his crop, and people were envied by it. Then Abimelech said to Isaac in verse 16, move away from us, you have become too powerful for us. So Isaac moved away. And there and encamped in the valley of Jerar, where he settled, and Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died, and he gave them the same names as his father that they had given. Isaac's servants dug up a valley and discovered a well of fresh water there. But the herders of Jeror quarreled 
with those of Isaac and said, the water is ours. So he named it, he named the well Isaac because they, I'm going too far, just with him. And then they dug up another well. Now I want to jump down to verse 22. I, I, it's probably not on the screen. Oh, okay, it's on the screen. Thank, thank you, Jesus. Um, I want to jump to this part. Now the Lord has given us room where we will flourish in the land. From there he went up to Beersheba. And the night of the Lord, in the night of the night the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bless you and increase your number of your descendants. For the sake of my servant Abraham, Isaac built an altar there and called it the name of the Lord, where he pitched a tent, and there his servants dug a well. Now watch this. This is crazy. Meanwhile, Abimelech had come from Gerar and however say that, Azusa, Azuha. His personal advisor and then Fecal, the commander of his forces, Isaac asked him, why have you come to me since you were hostile to me and sent me away? They answered, we saw clearly that the Lord was with you. So what's funny is that when they kicked him out, they didn't realize the blessing. I realized that and I, I kind of read it. I was like, well, how did they not realize that what he was doing? And here's the crazy part. Here's the, here's the beautiful part of God's blessings. Like I said before, they're in private. No, he didn't even realize that that was God's promise for him to get that 100-fold. It wasn't the blessing of God. They didn't realize that. They didn't realize that till later. They envied him of what he had, but then they realized they threw out a blessing. That was the funniest thing. It's a little snippet. It's, it's not even a part of my message, but I thought that was really cool. But, but God's blessings are not just con convenient. And the reason why I say that is because sometimes we can get so mixed up in, if I have this and that, I'm blessed. But I can tell you right now, there are some people that I can tell you that have the favor of God, and not in the way of what they have, but of what they've grown into. And I've realized, they said, I could have died this year, but the favor of God kept me alive. I was dealing with serious depression, but the favor of God kept me alive. I, I, I couldn't even, I, 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 I couldn't even let go of myself because there was a purpose. That's the blessing of God. That's one of his ultimate blessings. It's not just the stuff that we get, but it's the stuff that is in us. It's within sometimes. And that's what Isaac was doing. That's what Isaac realized. It wasn't just what he had, the crops that he had. It was the blessing that was visible to Abimelech. And now he's like, yo, we clearly did not see that the Lord was with you. It's not just stuff. It's this within. And at this point, I believe Isaac didn't feel out of place anymore. And the reason why I believe that he didn't, because he, he didn't. He was going to compromise, but he didn't. He saw the difficulty. And he didn't trust God in that moment, but God gave him a second chance. And then as he started to obey God truly, there was a blessing that came with it. Because persistence is key to make it to the promise. Push through. Endure the promise by the power of the Holy Spirit. Keep your focus on what God has spoken over your life rather than just assuming and compromising the plan of it. Let the word of the Lord speak to you so the enemy has no room in your mind. Keep praying for that promise and never, I repeat, never keep people in your life that will make you doubt that promise. If God has made you a promise tonight, keep in pursuit. 
of that promise. Because for some of us, we feel out of place, but you're not out of place. God has set you in this moment, in this time, to use you, to show you that he is God, but also, also to give you a purpose. The way I want to end this tonight, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to finish this off. Just about finished. Whoever can get on the keys. Some of us feel out of place. And you've been asking God where he at. And I want you to understand he's always been there. He's always with you. But it's not that you're out of place. You're in a process right now. And that can cause you to doubt. And that can cause you to go through some things. Because you can choose two things. You can choose to trust God. You can choose to obey his word. You can choose to push through and be persistent. Or sometimes how we feel out of place can leave us into compromising. Letting the difficulty get the best of us. And not obeying God and missing the blessing he has for us. <coughs> With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to pray for two groups of people. I want, to, I want to pray for the first group. Maybe you've been, maybe you really feel out of place in your heart. I know we have a lot of Christians in here, a lot of faith-building believers, spirit-led believers, but maybe there's someone in here that feels out of place in your heart and you don't know, you don't know Jesus at all. And you feel out of place because that can happen with a lost soul. You can feel so out of place. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you will feel like you're in the right place. You might feel out of place right now in the church because you're like, dude, what is this? What's he talking about? Promise? All that? But, but I want you to know tonight that God wants, and God wants you to know that you're not out of place. That you are in the right place right now. And you are given the opportunity to accept Christ and to receive him as your Lord and Savior. But the only way you do that is obviously, number one, to believe. But also, number two, is to repent of the sins you've committed and change your mind to the future, to living in a life for Christ. Because we want to talk about how we want to be saved and all this stuff, but we never get to the repentance part. And I want to give you that opportunity because repentance means to change your mind. It means to change the way you think. It means to change the way you act. Because if you change the way you think first, your actions will follow. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've been feeling out of place and you say, Jacob, I need to accept Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I'm tired of feeling out of place. I'm tired of trying to go to things that I feel like need, meet needs. I want God to meet those needs. I want for him to be my personal Lord and Savior. I want to live for him. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand right now. Boldly lift your hand. Anyone in here, I want to give you the opportunity. Thank you, Jesus. I see that hand in the back. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? You feel out of place in your spirit. I see that hand as well. Thank you, sir. You feel out of place in your spirit, and you need God in your heart. You need him to fill some voids, and you need to repent of some things you've done. I see that hand. Thank you, Jesus. 
every head bowed and every eye closed. I want us all to pray this prayer with the ones that had their hands lifted together. Let's pray this prayer together. Lord Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for revealing yourself to me. I thank you for dying on the cross. I thank you for letting your blood pay for my sins. Father, I repent. I change the way I think. I pray that you help me to change the way I think. And Father, from this day forward, I pray for a new life. And I thank you for not letting me feel out of place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's give a hand clap for those who accepted Christ. For the ones who accepted Christ, there's a, a, a little, like a welcome card in, in the pew in front of you. So if you want to grab that and fill that out, you can. Um, before anyone stands up, bow your heads again. Do it again. Do it again. I ain't finished. The Lord ain't finished. So shut your, shut your face. <laughs> um, now this is for the people in here that feel out of place in a different way. Maybe it's situations like with your relationships with your family, relationships with your, even for my students, with a, with a boyfriend or a girlfriend, or maybe you feel out of place in a marriage, you feel out of place at a job, you feel out of place in so many ways, and you're like, God, I don't know what to do. I want, I want to pray, I want to pray a spirit of trust over you, for you to trust God more often than you, than you do. Because I heard this from another minister one time. I take a lot of quotes from other ministers. And, and one said, the, the more mature you are in Christ, the more mature you are in Christ shows how quick you'll obey him. Because if you look at it that way, the more you've been through stuff and you've realized what God's done, the, more you, the quicker you'll obey. Sometimes it takes us a while to do that. But for some of us, it can become easy because of what we've been through. But if you're out of place tonight and, you, and you've been lacking trust, and you got to be honest with yourself because you're just like me. I lack trust every once in a while. I ain't perfect. I don't, sometimes I don't just automatically, oh, praise the Lord, oh, my soul, trust the Lord. Sometimes it's like, Lord, I'm lacking in trust right now. I need, I need you to give me a faith, of, a spirit of trust. And if that's you, if you feel out of place in that, if you have a hard time trusting God, and you need to remember what he spoke over your life. I just want you to raise your hand. See that hand. See that hand. You've been feeling out of place. Thank you, Jesus. I want to pray over you. But I want to tell you this first. Even though you feel out of place, and I've said this already, even though you feel out of place, God wants you to know you're in the right moment at the right time. That he's with you that he knows what's going on. He hasn't just walked away and gone his throne upstairs somewhere in the universe. No, 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 he's right here with you. And he wants you to understand that if you call upon him, he's going to strengthen you. For those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. You just have to wait upon him in this moment. So Father, I pray, Lord, as we, as we know you're already here, your presence is already in this room. Father, we pray for strength. We pray for a, 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 an encouragement of trust over what you have said. Father, we pray for, I pray for every single person going through a situation right now, and it's very difficult, and it's very lonesome. 
Lord, it's very isolating. Lord, they need you in this time. And Lord, let them not be afraid to talk to you about it. Let them not be afraid to tell you how they're, what they're really dealing with, Lord, because you see it already. Why not say something? So, Father, we pray for a strength of trust and that they learn to obey, not just out of a command, but, Lord, out of a need for help, Lord. They want to obey you. They just need you to show them, Lord. So, Father, I pray for a spirit of trust, a spirit of endurance, a spirit of persistence, Lord. And, Father, I pray that they endure to the end of your promises, Lord, and that from now, from this moment forward, by the Spirit of God, they don't feel out of place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Pastor Brandon. I'm good to, all right. Good to go. Love you guys. See y'all Sunday.